The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. I am not wearing any secretions intentionally. And Michael Lucas. I was 30 before I realised there was a difference between dress and skirt. This is Emsolation. So if you're about to patch someone and you've got an itch in your vagine because you've got a massive yeast infection. Sounds uncomfortable. It's going to take the romance out of the moment. Mm. You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, a podcaster, and together with my best friend, screenwriter, actor award and Logie award winner, Mr. Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast twice a week. How are you? I'm really well. You know why? Because the end is in sight. This is our second last podcast for the year and... We have the live show in six days, which I am really pumped about. I did a little bit of singing at the Melbourne Recital Centre last night, which really just whet the appetite. I only got to sing one song, but I was ready for more. And so the fact that I get to be on stage with my full band in front of you all next week singing 90s bangers, we're opening with Alive by Pearl Jam. Can you contain yourself? Then we're going into, so we're going to be going into some Rochford, some Jamiroquai, uh, some Gabrielle. We're going to be doing some Alanis Morissette, Jeff Buckley. Like the set list is insane. We'll of course be doing a live podcast recording. My dad's going to be there. My daughters are going to be there. It's it's a night for the ages. There's a couple tickets left, I think, if you want to come along. But please do all the infos at our Instagram. So I hope for all of you there's a little rest coming up, maybe. I want to also thank you for listening to our 200th ep with such passion, such fierceness. We made the top 10 episodes the day the episode was released, which is crazy. And I can see how many of you have listened all the way to the end. It nearly broke us putting it together. But now that it's out there and I listen back through, what a ride. (laughs) You can just hear us slowly descending into madness. But I love it and I know that you all loved it. And thank you again for getting us to 200. Just I can't believe, I still can't believe it. But it was, it was great. And I just want to thank you for your support in going out and listening to it. It really made us all feel better that it wasn't just, does anyone want a three-hour podcast? Apparently you do, which is awesome. On today's episode, we will be discussing, oh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. I found a very horny show on Netflix. It's so erotic. There's no storyline, but it's beautifully shot like Twilight. And my God, I'm telling you right now, there's bodice ripping... There's, you know, sex in fields, full frontal penis. It's everything you want and more. I have to tell you, you're welcome. Everybody, you're welcome. We discussed that at length. Don't worry. The Megan and Harry doco is coming out today. So we just kind of, we want to talk about Megan Markle, especially because she is drawing a lot of criticism at the moment. Madonna's daring to age in her own way. We touch on that. And also we get to some of the questions we didn't get to in our 200th episode from you all I'm going to keep this very brief. 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing us. Make sure you're recommending us to a friend. Yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say to you all. I've, I've done this intro so many times because I'm not satisfied with what I'm imparting on you. I don't feel like you're getting everything from me that I want to say, but I think I've done it all. Yeah, that's enough from me. Okay, play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Michael Lucas, back to the bad old days of Zoom and your microphone's not working, so you're going to be sounding tinny AF. I also look terrible as well. Let's just put that in perspective. It's all falling apart. You don't, I'm so sorry, you don't look terrible. Look, I did open the Zoom with, are you okay, babe? I'm worried about you. I think there was an oh my God in there as well. You just look <laughs> extremely Tired. Tired. I yeah. know I am. Yeah. I mean, everything mm. else looks great. <laughs> we wrapped uh, at 10.30 at night on Monday. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. I thought I was handling things really well. Like I was exercising the whole time. I think I've got it. I've got it. But there's something psychologically I think that happens to you when you know it's over and you can release and it's all falling apart. My back has gone. My, like, yeah, my, I've got, like, enormous bags under my eyes. I can barely stay awake. Anyway, we're good. We're here. <laughs> you just need to hold on, if you can, until December the 14th. I have been thinking about that, but I'll fire up. It'll be the stress of it'll be the stress of walking out in front of how many people? 800. Oh. It's small. Okay, yeah. It's a small, yeah, intimate show. It'll be great. It's amazing what severe anxiety can do to help <laughs> with the bags under your eyes. <laughs> now you're in Sydney for the Actor Awards. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to, of course, you're going to win something. What? So No, if, I don't think we are. Really? I, I, I know what I want to have happen. We're in the comedy category for five bedrooms. Doris is up for comedy performer. and I would love her to win. <sighs> love her. 35 years in the industry, first nomination. What an icon. Love her to win. But she's against, like, comedy people in different genres. So she's against, like, um, Tom Gleeson. Oh, who's a known mm. comedian. Yeah. But, I mean, there are other actors. Like, she's against also Patrick Bramall and Harriet Dyer and Wayne Blair and stuff. But, um, yeah, Tom Gleeson seems... He seems like the one to beat, I would say, because that show is very popular. And then we are also, as a comedy show, we're against things like, you know, Aftertaste and Summer Love, which are narrative comedies. But we're also against, like, Mad as Hell, the last season of Mad as Hell. So I know what I'd have my money on, alas. <laughs> Not us. And you're all set with your suit. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. Mm. Uh, enough. I had the pants taken up as you suggested. Good. So even though you weren't part of the selection process, you still gave tips. You still are. <laughs> You still are right to the end with your caffeine drops or whatever they are. Yes, I've told you to go and get some caffeine drops for your puffiness under your eyes and just a little mask yeah. and just do a little lymphatic drainage, just just gently, well, not gently, but quite severely scraping from the sides of your noses out. And then once the, the fluid... Well, I do that. Is yeah. he saying I do that with my hands? You do that with oh. your hands and then you, you then run your thumbs down the sides of your neck to get that fluid out and then under your armpit you jiggle there and then that's the final... Fluid release. Yeah, this is what I do. I'm just never going to remember that. <laughs> I'm just going to be grabbing random bits of my body, hoping for a fluid release. That's that sentence. Wow, went really <laughs> off the tracks. <laughs> well, speaking of grabbing random things and hoping something happens to your body. Mm, transition. Oh, oh my 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 my! I watched Netflix's latest 
horny middle-aged lady offering, Lady Chatterley's Lover. So I read the book yonks ago. I can't even remember. Ah. Yeah. Have you read the book? No, I have seen more than one adaptation of it, but I've never read the book. Yeah, I think my mum had it lying around and it was considered oh. quite erotic. Do you know what I mean? Was it a bit so- of a bit of a bath read for Jenny? Yeah, bath uh, read. <laughs> Jenny's not above. Jenny will dip into Mills and Boone, won't she? Uh, Jenny she? was Mills and Boone's number one subscriber. We of literally course. had them sent to our house. <laughs> Truly. I know not, Mills and Boone was a staple. And my mum's uh, um, English major, literary major, like she, she's really loves literature. But Mills and Boone, the Mills and Boone mail would arrive <laughs> and I would race to see what the covers were because the Mills and Boone covers for me were just so great. And then every mm. now and then I'd like scan the pages to find mentions of like fleshy mounds and things like that. Hmm. Throbbing we were members. so innocent back then, before the internet. God. <laughs> Lady Chatterley's Lover stars uh, Emma Corrin and mm-hmm. who played Lady Di in season four of The Crown. Also played Harry Styles' repressed wife in My Policeman. Let's not forget that classic film. And I have to say they are magnetic because they didn't have much to work with script-wise. <laughs> but Emma plays Connie, the 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 lead, the female lead. Mm-hmm. Connie marries Clifford. I, Constance Reed, take you, Clifford Chatterley. He goes off to war. They have one night together. He goes off to war and he comes back and he's injured. But he's injured from, like, the waist down, no penis action. So she's mm-hmm. a forced virgin in a marriage. And they live, like, on a huge estate in the English countryside because he's the lord of the area. Yeah. And she wanders around whimsically at first, you know, tending to him, caring for him, putting the blanket over his legs. And she's, she's just, she starts fading away. She starts wasting away. And her sassy sister comes to town and she's like, Clifford, Connie's wasting away. What are you doing? Who do you think's taking care of her while she's taking care of you? And then Clifford says to Connie, you know, we need to have a baby. We need to have an heir. Mm-hmm. And obviously I, I cannot do the sex. So you need to maybe perhaps find a random man who's off standard. Don't tell me who he is and get yourself knocked up so that we may have an heir. And when he says of standard, does he mean of class standard or just of, like, DNA physical class like, stand? Class, class standard. Class standard. Oh, yes, okay. yes, it's a big thing. And mm. she says, oh, no, 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 Clifford, of course I could never do that. I could never do that. And then enter the gameskeeper. Yeah, right? So Malos is his name and he had also been at war, but he comes back to work on the farm looking after their game, their birds. And initially, we just keep seeing his cute dog and Connie's like, oh, cute dog, cute dog. And then she discovers this beautiful cottage where, in fact, this is where Malos, the gameskeeper, is raising the baby chickens, the baby little, I don't know what they are, pheasants, the baby pheasants. Yeah, yeah. And so so what happens is she, she goes in there and she's so excited to see that the baby pheasants have hatched and then her and Malos have this tentative kind of friendship. And she's like, can I have a key to this cottage? I'd like to come here and read. So Lady Chatterley goes and reads there and then the birds hatch and, she, and he says to her, would you like to hold one? And because she's so starved of affection, she's holding these baby chicken, these baby pheasants, and her whole body begins to just convulse and shake. <laughs> and she's just so overcome by the tiny baby pheasants in her hands. And then he puts his hand on her shoulder to steady her and she grabs his arm. Lady Chatterley. And she looks at him and the baby chicken's je- pheasant is gently put down and they look at each other and and she's just crying and crying but she's so just starved to touch of love. And then Mallow says, oh, it's like that, is it? 
and then it's on. It's on. Well, oh, <laughs> is that all he says? That's like it. that, is it? It's like that, is it? That's yeah. it. Okay. So they have this devouring, ravenous sex, but they don't kiss. And he's like stockings being ripped by teeth. Okay. Is it is it within the venue or are we within in the, the ground? Within the venue. Okay. Within okay. the chicken. Yeah. Within the within the coop. dwelling. Yeah. Oh, the chicken coop. In the chicken Gee. coop. <laughs> My experience of chicken coops, not so erotic. <laughs> Mine. My only, like, my strong memories of chicken coops is uh, I remember one December, one Christmas, I think it was like 1988, mm. all our chickens were killed by a fox. It was carnage. My mum went out there Christmas Day and it was just screams. Oh, we we grew up in a similar area, yes. obviously, and both our mothers were of the type to, to create a chicken coop. 100%. And the amount of trauma that we both have, we both carry, because oh. there was also a bit of a problem with foxes, foxes in that area. So you just never knew. It was like living with a loaded gun. One day your mum might run out and then come back in tears. 100%. My mum would be absolutely mourning. And then you would see just... Chicken in trails everywhere. It was. Brushing. Yeah. And my mum liked silkies and they're particularly gruesome when they've been mauled. Yeah. They're, they're little white. Oh, yeah. It's it, not great. Just the fact that you can provide a description of which particular breeds of chicken are the worst <laughs> when mauled says it all about the safety of these chickens in Eltham. I also secretly smoked patchouli incense in our chicken coop. Is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> Will it blow me away? Okay. There's a fair bit to unpack there. I, I know what you mean. Like you went, you went for the, you wanted to feel like you were smoking. You just thought any lit substance was going to give you yeah. whatever you needed. Did yeah. you feel cool? No, I got really sick. Were, were you alone? <laughs> I was alone and I wanted to try and learn rings so that the next time we went to like a birthday party, because Alicia Sardi could do rings, remember? She was like the cool person. Oh, of course. And I wanted yeah. to learn rings, but I didn't want to smoke actual cigarettes because I also wanted to be an Olympic athlete, but I wanted to be able to effortlessly smoke rings once in front of the cool kids. So I tried to teach myself rings in the chicken coop with patchouli incense purchased at Scandals Candles, and I just made myself super sick. Like it really evoked my asthma. Mm, like, mm, <laughs> it wasn't mm, great. Mm. So, but none of this is happening in Lady Chatterley's Lover. So the affair continues on and they keep meeting up and it just gets more and more, like, outrageous until, Michael Lucas, we get full frontal peen frolicking through meadow shots. Wow. I, I like it the way you described it made it seem like the peen had actually detached from the body and was frolicking of its own account. Wow, okay. No, it does. It bounces mm. upon thigh. There is thigh oh. peen bounce. Full mm, frontal mm, in this Netflix mm, show. Mm, I mean, mm. I was... You were electrified. I was. Let's not pretend any other way. Well, you you were like, I've suffered through so much bad dialogue, but thank God. <laughs> There's no dialogue. I don't... I have a deeper connection with the guy who drops our mail off every day than these you, two could have formed. Were you, you know, uh, prone to liking this gentleman who was frolicking yeah, was, in the way? Which it, he it was, was good. He was your because yeah. I've seen the trailers for it, and maybe he's got a touch of the Viking about him. I he can does. see, but you, you know, he's definitely not a Jason Momoa. No, no, he's more Viking. He's he mm. looks. He's a bit Hemsworthy. He's a bit like old, oh, okay. oldie, but but leaner. No, he's very. He's hot. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. But there is absolutely. I don't understand how they fell in love because they don't have any conversations at all. There's just a lot of sex in a lot of meadows, a lot of outdoor up against trees, a lot of just ripping of clothing, and then he walks her to the gate. She goes back to the manor to her husband, and then, you know, no surprising she falls pregnant, obviously, because she's just boinking no, with course. no, like, yeah, reckless yeah. abandon. Mm. And she falls pregnant. The husband finds out that it's, in fact, 
the gameskeepers. What in the name of hell have you been doing? And he's not mm-hmm. happy with that standard, so mm-hmm. he cannot claim that child. So she is shunned from the manor and he gets kicked out of the town and she said to him, find me. He's like, I'll find you. So off they go separate ways and she gets more and more pregnant and then finally at the end... They managed, I'm not giving anyone any spoilers because you don't need it because you're just going to watch for the sex and the frolicking penises, okay? That's it. Yeah. And I want to add, shot like Twilight, completely blue, everything's blue and orange. It's like watching Twilight for thirsty 40-plus women. Truly. The oldie Twilight minus the vampires, (laughs) but with more pain. Absolutely terrible. (laughs) Shocking plot development. No plot development. Five stars, 10 out of 10. Watch it on your own. Do not watch it with anyone else. Have the laptop screen pressed up against your face and then have a vibrator or a husband or a partner or a hookup. Ready to go. Ready to go. So, or, you know, if you are doing some landscaping at your house or getting a pool put in, just have that set up too. I am getting landscaping at my house, but it's not... I'm not the member of the Rossiano Barrow household, but um, how can I delicately? There's some young, there's some good-looking landscapers that have not escaped one particular daughter's attention. Put it that way. Oh, wow. So subtle. <laughs> Her identity is so protected. Could be Schmashmella. Who knows? Who knows? Could be. Could be. <laughs> well, anyway. Let's, um, let's, are we going to trust that he doesn't listen to this podcast? I think he might, but. They both know. It's fine. Uh, so I give this, mm-hmm. please watch this if you're just looking for a horny, beautiful, and it's erotic. You can tell it's the French have been involved, women have been involved. The the, the It's so erotic. The love scenes, they're, they're hot, but they're not like, they're not debaucherous porn. They're just fucking hot. It's very hetero, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, but that aside, mate, there would have been so many horny, Bloody women out there this week having watched on Netflix. So much, so many partners would have been, what's going on? This is. What's happening tonight? Mm. Mate, I'm telling you right now. So go go and watch it. It's terrible. 10 out of 10. Segway Harp. Segway Harp. (laughs) Today's the day that Netflix are releasing part one, two, and three. Oh, is it today? Mm. Of the Harry Meghan. Marco documentary. And here is the 90-second teaser that we were given last week. Insert grab. It's really hard to look back on it now and go, what on earth happened? You hear that? That is the sound of hearts breaking all around the world. She's becoming a royal rock star. And then... Everything changed. There's a hierarchy of the family. You know, there's leaking, but there's also planting of stories. There was a war against Meghan to suit other people's agendas. It's about hatred. It's about race. It's a dirty game. The pain and suffering of women marrying into this institution, this feeding frenzy. I realized they're never going to protect you. I was terrified. I didn't want history to repeat itself. knows the full truth. We know the full truth. Okay, so there's a lot to dissect here. The most interesting part for me is they are releasing this documentary the week that Kate and William are touring America. Yeah, that yeah. That 
timing seems extraordinary, surely. I would put money on the fact that that's Netflix, not them personally. Mm. I don't think you hardly ever, as a person creating something, get to, like, pick when it goes out into the world. True. So... There's been a lot of conjecture around one particular photo where Megan is sitting on a chair, breaking down, and Mm -hmm. behind her, neatly folded, is a $2,000 Hermes blanket. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it has sparked a lot of people saying, oh, poor you with your $2,000 blanket, oh, blah, blah, blah. And it really pissed me off because whether or not you have an expensive blanket, you're still allowed to feel human emotions. Oh, you speak as someone who's invested in blankets <laughs> and <that> cushions. <laughs> Imagine, mate, no, maybe not. No, no. absolutely not. No. Maybe a, a fancy Adair's throw for 90 bucks, but that doesn't mean that no matter where you are in life socioeconomically, what your station is, you still are subject, you know, you, you're still going to feel depressed and feel emotions. And mm. I think if we're sitting there making fun of a woman who now says, you know, that she has mental health issues, and we're not allowing her the space to say that and have that because, what, she's got a Spano blanket that maybe was a gift. We don't know. Mm. I just was like, oh, fucking take a nap, everyone. I think we've gone a step too far now with Meghan Markle. Mm. Mm. Oh, no. I'm Literally any tiny little thing about that woman will be criticised. I mean, there's just... And the fact that people were forensically looking and figuring out the brand of the blanket, my God. Yeah, That's next level of criticism. I worry for her out of this, and I also don't know what it's going to achieve. It's extremely stylized. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. They've already been, they've already been pinged for using a photo from the Harry Potter premiere and claiming it was people taking photos of them, where obviously people have discovered. Yeah, and I just think it's it's really obviously it's a huge PR exercise. It looks like the cinematography is incredible. (laughs) Like, I don't know what their budget was, but it was somewhere around Lord of the Rings, I think. But I worry. I don't know what this is going to achieve. I don't know what she's no. hoping. You know what? I, I worry. I I don't know that this is going to help. I know. Well, it's. I think it'll just, like, be another log on the fire and if you support them, you'll go harder and if you think that they've acted poorly, you'll go harder. And I, the real winner is Netflix, I would say. I mean, they're just going to rack up the viewers, whether it's love or hate, it's more clicks for them. But uh, I do worry about... I suppose, I suppose at the end of the day, like they had to sign that massive Netflix contract to get all the, if they're leaving the Royal family to get all the security they need to get everything like that, they need to make a mozza. Mm. And, and let's face it, if Netflix is signing them, it's not like they're going to want to sign them and say, oh, but don't give us all the goss on the, what was happening in the palace. Of course, that's the main thing they want. So well, I can't. it's th- a trade-off. I'm but, most uh, excited. They're giving us the courtship. That's what I want to see. They're giving us all the dates that were going on and the messages and the mm. photos and I'm mm. excited for that. Less so about what was going on in the palace because I don't, I think it's going to be pretty uncomfortable viewing. Is there anything? I also feel like Oprah got so much out of them. What else is there? Were you silent or were you silenced? I mean, we'll find out. <laughs> we will find out. I just hope, I just hope that it doesn't cause another massive pile on onto this woman who's, you know, she's trying to do her thing and I just don't understand the vitriol that she cops. I don't I don't feel it. I, I wish her well. I think good for you. Go hard. And if people want to engage with them, that's their choice. They're not doing anything wrong or illegal. I don't understand mm. why they're not allowed to build a brand and build an empire when people like the Kardashians are. 
I just no, but I guess it's kind of you know. I mean, I, I I'm with you. I I think it's completely irrational the level of anger that is part of them, and and frankly, I think a lot of it's racist. Racist, but. But um, I do understand that there was this whole big thing about the scrutiny that I'm facing is hurting my mental health and everything like that. And, and then to go out, but then to actively, you know, put yourself out in the public domain, put your most private details out again and again and again. Like, is it not an option to live quietly if that's what you want? But apparently not. And also they've got to make a buck. And also it must be, they must feel like their narrative was controlled by other people for so long and they really want to get their own story out. And, you know, that's understandable. That's what I think it is. I understand the need to want to control the narrative so you just be as open as possible in your language with your people in your team and hope that your voice rises above all the other stories going on about mm. you. So there's you, you can say I want to live privately, but you're also allowed to say and I want to give my story on my terms. And yeah, you, like, sure. I, I understand both. Uh, but look, it'll be interesting. Obviously, I'm going to be watching it. I can't wait. We know you will be. Oh, I can't wait. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is, is, is M. Salation. The other thing I want to just briefly touch on uh, before we get to some bonus questions that we didn't get to in our 200th last week Madonna. I am obviously a touchstone for a lot of people. Whenever Madonna does anything, I'll be sent the video 50 to 100 times. Mm. And yeah, well, she's your biological mother. She's my biological mother, with all due respect to Jenny, my actual biological mother. <laughs> I think she read a little bit, something a little bit harder than Mills and Boone in the Bath, though. <laughs> she's fact, she posed for it. 100%. Well, she's re-releasing sex, obviously. Mm. Limited edition, a few extra copies, and she was at a party in Miami the other night and she was dancing and living her best life. People sent this footage to me, mm-hmm. what's going on, are you worried? I just want to categorically state I am not worried about Madonna. In fact, I want you to understand that she has found the final way that she can rebel. She has been a rebel her entire life. She's been a trailblazer. She did everything first. And her last kind of frontier of rebellion is not ageing the way you want her to age. She's like, fuck off, I will age exactly how it suits me. I'm going to make everyone uncomfortable. This is Madonna's playground. This is where she sits. And I fucking love it. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I mean, look, I I definitely understand people having this funny reaction just because, you know, the Madonna that initially we grew up with made such an impact because of how real and raw she was in the sense of like that, you know, that famous image of her putting her armpits under the, um, Mm. you know, she was unlike any other star um, in that way. Um, she was this Italian feisty girl. And now, of course, she's in, you know, she's in this sculpted world of super rich and there's just a whole lot's been happening cosmetically and everything. But I agree with you. Like she is if she was ever going to age in the way that people wanted her to age. Like she's always um, delighted in pissing people off mm. and she will do so to the end. And 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 it probably will, like as with everything else that she's done all the way, it does shift the needle. Like what she did all throughout her career was so shocking for the longest time, but now it's not. And I'm sure the notion of a 64-year-old woman, you know, in fishnets dancing like crazy at a DJ party shocked us now and come back to us in 25 years when... It'll be me. 
It'll no, be me. I have no doubt. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like the face stuff aside, and you can talk about the cosmetic stuff and the, and the pressure on women to look a certain way societally and not age, blah, blah, blah. But just her spirit and the way that she's behaving and the things that she's doing, it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel like, you know, because society wants me to believe as a f- nearly 44-year-old woman, I've got six years left till I'm basically mm. on the shelf. 50, you're done. See you later. And to yeah. see someone like Madonna, who's in her mid-60s, living exactly how I imagine I want to be living, the youthful yeah. spirit, it's I just it gives me hope. I'm like, do more, no, no. get more young lovers. Like, I'm and really- also, the, actually, the thing about that I really love that made did really make me think of you is that she had all the older kids there at that celebration. They all look amazing. She had Rocco and Lola like flanking her and David, and and she's out dancing with them. And I feel like you're the kind of mother that at 64 is going to be on the dance floor with yes. your kids. I was on the dance floor with my kids at a 21st three weeks ago, and. They asked me to come on the dance floor and their friends, like, I didn't feel tragic or weird at all. And I think that's mm. the exact, if Madonna can lead the charge on that again, giving women mm. permission to age as they see fit, then we, we, we doth our cap, Queen. I kneel before you again <laughs> and I say thank you. Some would say the way that she's chosen to age is a way that costs a hell of a lot of money that people don't have um, access to, and I understand that. Oh, I no, I'm not talking about the face stuff. I'm talking about no. the behaviour and no. the spirit and totally. the activities. What did you want? You wanted Madonna in her 60s to be in a rocking chair? Just what? <laughs> Doing acoustic covers of some of her old hits. I mean, that's probably what people wanted. Or or doing like a doing like some sort of old swing standards album or something oh, like that. No. Doing a duet with Michael Boop. Like, I mean, it's never going to happen. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Leave Madge alone. All right. <laughs> before you go, we had a lot of questions come through before our 200th that we didn't get to. So I yeah. thought we could just do some of those now. Mm-hmm. So our first question comes from Emsolated Jess and she has asked you, Michael, mm. when did you realise that you wanted to become a professional writer? Uh, around 20. But I, I just wanted to work in film and TV for the longest time and then when I started doing my degree, this is such a boring answer but it's just the truth, I started doing a degree and you did everything, like you did a bit of production design, you did a bit of, um, you even did some acting, you did a bit of directing, you did everything like that and it was very, very clear that I was okay at a couple of different areas but writing was the one that I seemed to do the best at. I don't know why but it just was and then and then I would like, I wrote little plays and they they like got put on and stuff like that. So I just went with what had the most interest, but it was pre- I was pretty lucky that it was young. Although Christine, that co-created Five Bedrooms with me, it was really something that happened in her thirties. Mm. So you can come to writing at any age, but I was pretty young. I'm about to come to it at forty-four. So beautiful. <laughs> this happens. Okay, here we go. Michael Rowe has asked if you could swap yourself into the leading role of any movie. What would you oh choose? God. Oh my goodness! Mm. I- I've never. I mean. Hmm. Jesus, what a question. But the problem with putting yourself in a fictional narrative is they always go through arduous, horrible things. I mean, I guess I'd want to be like, I'd want to be an ultimately, I've I've just never been a very sportsman-like sort of, actually, you know what? I want to be someone that has an amazing singing (laughs) (laughs) What's a man? I want to be Lady Gaga in Star Wars. Oh, no, wait, that ends really sad. You don't do that. Um, yeah. What's, 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 and I don't want to be in The Bodyguard, that's also sad. Is there any singing movie that does, Greece? just put me in Greece. I'll fly away. Yes. You? Yes, you could be, you could just go up, you could, you, so you want to be Danny Zuko. You want to be John Travolta, interesting choice. 
Um, look, mm. for me, any, like I've discussed, any Barbra Streisand role. <laughs> She's had some good ones. She's had some great ones. Michael, what's the catchphrase your friends and family associate with you? Oh, I can answer that. Timmy Fair. Uh, I... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to go with. But there's only one friend that goes on about that. Timmy Fair. Because <laughs> that's when I say it around him, that's the response I get. When I say it around other people, they respectfully say, tell us your fair appraisal of the scene. Just M. <laughs> Because it's normally in response to, to, a, to a provocative stance that she has taken. <laughs> that is a provocative definitely... emotional rage-filled stance. <laughs> that she has taken. What other catchphrase? You and Adrian just take off all my catchphrases. I have so many. We do. I go people, do them. I don't think know this. Adrian is a really pretty good vocal mimic, yeah. and and um, obviously one of the voices he hears a lot in his life is M's, <laughs> and. He pulls it out a lot. So it's kind of like I record with him and then hang out with him and then I come home and it's like she's still there <laughs> through my husband. Uh, but it's particularly when, like, one of his favourite things to yell is just, gay! Because if M sees something or someone that she thinks there's latent queerness there, then it's always helpful. But he just does it with every time. Like, it can be just a perfectly normal, like, gay person will appear on screen and he's just hit this, gay! And it's G-A-I-I-I-I-I. Yeah, 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 totally. With exclamation marks. <laughs> what else? Good with a T? Good. Good. <laughs> particularly, particularly if it's something, yeah, the good is something about if you've slightly left some of your moral qualms in check to go for a bigger goal and you've done it successfully, then that's good. <laughs> Or yeah. just sacrifice. It's true. No, He's but, made a sacrifice for yeah. something better. Good. 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 I would say that one. My family know me for good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Oh, we didn't do a good what for her. That? What about, what about, get it, girl. What about that one? Get it, girl. Yeah, I do that. I can't, I can't do it the way you can do it. You, you do it so fast. Get it, girl. And yeah. also, Woo. you know what I mean? I say that a lot. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay, good. There are catchphrases. Excellent. Thank you for your questions. Oh, actually, there's one here that made me laugh. Insulator Russell wants to know, is there going to be a DVD because he'd like a Blu-ray of the newsreader? Is it going to be a DVD release of the newsreader? <laughs> well, I I, ha I can honestly say I have no idea. <laughs> I love that question. He wants it's to on iView. You can, you can access it at any time on iView. <laughs> he wants to hold it in his hand. Oh, I know. Well, that's... That's beautiful. And also I kind of like that it's a bit retro like the show itself. <laughs> would you like a VHS? Yes. Because that would really be the interactive experience. That would be actually a really great PR stunt for your PR team next year. Who VHSs. realistically is going to be able to play it though? But anyway, no, good point. Good point. All right. Well, good questions. Thank you, everybody. Well, I guess you, you better you better go and do your actor prep and get your under eyes sorted, please. Oh, sorry. Are they any better since we started? No. Nah. All right. Well, good luck and we'll talk Thank later. You. Okay. Bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. All right, everybody. That's the second last time you'll hear us for 2022. We're all ready for a break. No doubt you are. Don't worry. We'll be, I'm sure, giving you little bits and pieces over the summer holidays. I haven't quite looked at the schedule, but I know that we won't be total radio silence from us. 
Don't forget to look at Instagram for everything you need to know, keeping up to date at Emsolation Podcast. And while you're there, if you click on the handy link in our bio, it will take you to a magical landing page where you can sign up for our newsletter. You can become a patron if you want to. You can buy us a cup of coffee. You can get tickets to the live show. It's a one-stop shop. It's the way to become the ultimate m If you tick every single box, you are a gold-level standard. Absolutely. And I'm sure there are many of you. I'll be seeing some of your faces very soon, obviously, in a week. Our next step will be coming out Tuesday. That's all I have to say to you. My brain is scattered. Okay. Talk soon. Bye for now. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter, Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn. With videos by James Henderson. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans, plus cameos from M's. Dad Vinci. Get the full Emsolation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening and we're excited to chat with you again soon. Mm-hmm.